do you want to launch the the first track? You just press that button when you're ready. Okay. Play. S sounds good. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. The baby, Shouldn't we consider in every nation a fundamental restructuring of economic, political, social, and religious institutions? We humans are capable of greatness. What is in your life's blueprint? Hi everyone, Camille here. Welcome to Cosmic Human Beings on Planet Earth trying to figure out what the hell is going on here. Feels like we don't want to talk to our neighbors anymore. Or do we? I, I don't know. I mean, I think our guest today uh, knows everything about this. Or we'll at least be able to shed some light on um, yeah, how we live as communities. Uh, Cosmic is a new network for change makers working on urgent social and environmental issues. And this is our podcast where I receive guests from all around Europe, around the world sometimes. And uh, we talk about change, we talk about society, uh, we listen to good music, we escape. Welcome. My guest this week is Daniel Hayes. That's the way you pronounce it? Uh, Hayes. Yeah. Hayes, Daniel Hayes, sorry. So you um, uh, you were born in the US, uh, but you have Dutch, something like this. Do that, am I getting yeah, it right? Yeah, that's right. My, my dad uh, is uh, Irish-American, yeah. and I was born in Baltimore, and my mom is Dutch. All right. So you're a social entrepreneur, you're a medical uh, doctor as well? Somehow. Somehow? <laughs> how did that happen? Yeah, how did that happen? I don't know. I slept through most of it. No? <laughs> well? Um, yeah, no, I, I finished my, my medical degree and did a PhD um, in epidemiology at the Tropical School of uh, Medicine in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and was on that track um, for a few years um, and then I stepped out and um, I've taken um, yeah I've taken a different direction yep uh, uh, away from science away from uh, uh, slightly away from science okay yeah I think the <clears throat> one of the reasons one was just my, my grant uh, for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, finished and I tried to see if they could, would give me more money and they, yeah. they weren't too responsive. Um, what, what was the mission of that uh, project for that grant? <laughs> it was uh, the modeling, it was um, malaria disease modeling. Uh, it was looking at the, the impact or the relationship between growth um, of, in children and malaria to see mm. how they're related, if they're related, and if they potentially could be predictive. Um, yeah. Right. So that ran out, and then you said, I want to shift track a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I, well, at first I said, like, hey, do you guys want to keep keep sponsoring? And they weren't that interested. And I guess I didn't see myself in the... I mean, I was in an environment where I think people were putting in, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, maybe, uh, and I was putting in maybe... 
15 right, right. <laughs> and and I, I and I was very happy and comfortable with that uh, work life balance um, so I was hesitant to get into the rat race of you know grants and publications and and on the other hand there was also a more a kind of a more uh, more fundamental realization um, after being uh, at one of the grand challenges meetings that they organized with all of these you know like the, the brightest uh, scientists yeah, yeah. working on the biggest problems and and it was all about innovation um, innovation and upscaling um, and especially the innovation part it just kind of seemed to yeah <sighs> Of seemed to move something inside of me that was just like you know wh why are we needing to innovate what, what's what's this about this drive that um, and where is that coming from <clears throat> and I think one of the you know one of the parts it's coming from is just you know corporate interests um, which are driving a lot of um, modern day science right. um, I think you know in the health um, sector you know we're somehow uh, maybe protected a little bit from that, uh, but in other fields, obviously, it's you know it's corporations that are doing the most, most R and D um, by a long shot. Right. Um, and uh, and I was thinking, like, what do we what do we need to innovate? I mean, I think you know, like, <laughs> what are the what are the main questions? Or, I mean, what are the main issues that are you know are relevant um, in our times? Uh, and it's kind of like, well, I mean, climate change, you know, maybe world hunger and obesity, uh, maybe social inequality, and and like, what are we going to innovate? What do we need to innovate to solve those? I mean, there's no, I, I mean, we had to have, you know, we can, we could stop climate change. I mean, right. we, you know, really s slow it down, um, and we could feed the, you know, uh, feed the world equitab equitably, um, and we, you know, we could. Create greater social harmony. We don't. I mean, it's it's it's. Right. Not, we don't need to research anything new um, to solve those things. So. so, so you ask. You were asking yourself a lot of um, big questions. Hmm. Uh, fast forward a few years. We're in 2019. Uh, hmm. A lot of things happened since that time. We're going to talk about it. Um, I met you because I was shooting a, a movie in a, where, and we needed a, a huge uh, space, the kind of abandoned industrial um, colony, right? <laughs> and uh, my director told me, yeah, I know this guy. And, and here we are, and here we meet. And I had no idea about, um, you know, what you do and what, you, what this space is meant to become. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk um, a little bit about this.
Taking it easy this morning. It's so nice. Um, thanks for uh, hosting me here. We're sitting, having a cup of tea, listening to good music. We talked about um, where you started in a, on, med on the medical side of things. Um, uh, then um, one example of your uh, more social entrepreneur uh, side is uh, this project you're currently working on, uh, which is called uh, Vidalia. Yeah, uh, can you tell us what it is? So it's starting from uh, this abandoned uh, industrial uh, space. Um, what's what's the idea? What happened? How did you get to this? And um, where where are you at right now? Okay, um, so I think the so to be fair, the medical stuff was was um, one part um, of what was going on in my life. Uh, the other part was that I was. Um, living in a uh, an anarchist uh, international community um, called Can Masdeu, uh, the outskirts of Barcelona. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a squatted uh, townhouse, uh, 16th century Masia, um, <clears throat> very beautiful and with uh, about 20, 20 people living there with children um, and running a social center, community gardens project and many other things. Um, so there was there was always an interest in um, I, I actually the, the the first two years of my well a year and a half of my life I spent in a intentional community of with my parents being uh, somewhat hippie uh, hippies. Wait, what do you call a intentional community? Like what's the for people mm, who don't know? I think it's it's a group of people that decide um, to come together and that share values and 
perhaps practices, mm -hmm. which could be you know a collective labor, or collective meals, um, a right. collective uh, washing machine. Or, right, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you were living there. Um, yes, yeah, so I was. I was in in Kamasdeo, and then at a certain point, um, my we were. Um, pregnant with a second child and my partner was wanting to be closer to uh, her family um, and uh, we decided to move to Manresa so we left the community there um, but both with the idea that we wanted to live in community just closer by to where um, yeah where her, her work is and her family and her friends um, so I started looking um, and we uh, got lucky and Uh, actually, a person contacted me um, uh, saying that they had um, had a place um, and, and if I would be interested in, in uh, doing something there. And I was saying, okay, well, tell me more. And they, uh, so we met up and, and uh, the place, it turned out, is a, um, uh, an abandoned uh, company town. Um, called Cal Vidal, and it's about an hour from Barcelona. And a company town, for the people that don't know, it, uh, it's an, uh, a model from, I guess, mostly the 18th and, uh, or 19th uh, and 20th century, the beginning, um, during the, um, at least here in, in Catalonia, the textile uh, revolution, which uh, right. yeah, was taking over uh, a lot of the, so a lot of the employment was, uh, and the industry was, was fo focused on, on textile. And the, the model was that they were using the hydro power from the, the big rivers in Catalonia. And they, and uh, rich entrepreneurs would set up um, uh, a big factory And then they would build the houses uh, for the workers to live in. Uh, right. And then they would you know, get people to, to live by the river and work there. Um, under conditions which um, ranged from very horrible to somehow okay, but right. in, in a very... Uh, Um, like socially, right? Yes, like people yeah. working super hard, kids as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and uh, um, and apparently also just you know like very strict rules. I mean like around uh, re religion and around. I mean just yeah, a, a very high social control with basically basically one uh, patriarch at the top, uh, right. uh, running the place. Right. Um, so and these uh, um, with the uh, competition from Asia, a lot of these. I mean all of them. These factories closed in the. 1970s and 80s and <clears throat> this one in particular in 1979 um, and with that a lot of the towns a lot of the workers left and uh, uh, and now there's in Catalonia there's a lot of these so they call them uh, textile colonies or industrial colonies uh, a lot of these are, are now abandoned and or oftentimes there might be some little industry that's still using the free energy from the river um, but rarely is is you know are, are all the houses occupied right, right. so anyway so we, we got a, we we uh, I was invited to join this little group of, a, uh, of five people and um, that had a relationship with the owner of this town um, And, but they didn't really know what to do with it. Um, they were doing some, there was an architect and a, and a lawyer and a, and a real estate uh, person. Um, and uh, they, were doing, they were doing some of the maintenance, um, but didn't have like a longer term vision. Mm. So I joined and uh, I said, well, I have, I, uh, you have a vision. I have an idea <laughs> of what we could do. Okay, um, what's that idea? And that, well, that idea was Vidalia. Um, so that's basically based on the Can Vidal is mm. the, the, uh, the, name. the name of the place. Yeah. And Vidalia 
Yeah, it's. I, mean, I think it's a, a kind of a large scale experiment of um, of how we can do things differently, um, of how we can as a community, as a, as a community, yeah, as a, uh, as an eco village, uh, if you want. I mean, it's 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 the scale. It's 110 houses, uh, 10,000 square meters of factory space, eight hectares of uh, agricultural land, a church, a bar, a restaurant. And, oh. Yeah, so it's 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 a proper little yeah little yeah. <laughs> little. A lot of things can happen there. Um, it's uh, and and right now, I mean, there are a lot of those uh, colonies uh, in Catalonia, mm. and the challenge is like, yeah, where to find the money, where the project, the ideas, and the vision for yep. those spaces. So you you came in and offered a, a vision, and uh, it's currently under development. Yeah. Uh, ooh, <laughs> I'm interested in hearing more, um, especially. What's the final, um, you know, product or, or offering? Uh, how you're you're thinking about this? We're going to talk about this in a minute.
It's a bit jazzy today. Um, I have to say, it's not always like this. I'm a bit, big uh, jazz fan and we never play any jazz. And I, today I thought like, okay, let's pull it off. Um, nice. So, um, I'm interested in moving into this, um, how do you call it? Uh, Eco-village um, project? Like, that's uh, always a bit touchy, you know? Like, yeah. how do you call it? Like, Eco-village, people think, oh, you got solar panels. Right? <laughs> yeah, the labeling is... is and, and I, I, I find myself <laughs> being very <laughs> sneaky and and, right. and changing the labels according to who I'm speaking of with. Of course. And so, now, now you don't know who you're speaking with. No. So it's <laughs> no, not, okay. Let's, so let's not call it anything. Um, yeah, it but be, it's I a mean, project. It, yeah, it's a pro- I mean, project is a very, you know, <laughs> it's a very neutral. Uh, um, yeah. So um, I want to move in. Hmm. Um, what's uh, Or you want me to move in or you want hmm. to present it to me? Like, what is the, the vision and how do you present it to people? Yeah. So, I mean, a, a very n- another neutral way of presenting it is just the legal structure, uh, w- which also gives a lot of clarity, I think, to people. Um, so it, that it's an, uh, an integral co-op. Um, so uh, an integral co-op is a, an entity that was introduced in 2015 in Catalonia, in the uh, cooperative law in, uh, in Catalonia. And basically it allows uh, the creation of a cooperative with multiple cooperative activities under the same legal entity. Okay. And we're looking uh, primarily at uh, housing. Um, so we're providing social housing. Um, then we're looking at uh, a consumer co-op, um, which is providing uh, food um, through an eco-organic uh, Agricultural uh, project um, with the eight, you know using the eight hectares of uh, land that we have, and also the I mean the collective purchasing of, of products that we we don't produce, right. and then finally there would be uh, a services or a workers co-op um, which would. Uh, involve more the so the renting out of the industrial spaces the um, um, so the managing of uh, private uh, enterprises that people would like to start there and a collective uh, project which is an arts and cultural center uh, based mm. around the relational body oh and that's something we're going to talk about yeah um, because uh, the story is that you you are um, a very prominent figure um, in that space um, as well. Uh, but, but so basically, um, it's a project, a space, a, a village that is ideal for someone who wants uh, social and environmental values to be embedded within the, the, the system they contribute to, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's covering a need that I think uh, I mean, both on, on a global level in that, you know, obviously the way Western society is, is working is, you know, doesn't, you know, it's not sustainable. Um, so <laughs> there needs to be a change. Um, right. And fundamental. A, a very fundamental one. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, anywhere from nonprofit sharing economies to alternative or complementary currencies to, you know, a, a tool library to a free shop. Um, right. To um, you know, the introduction of I mean, the co- you know, the cooperative model is already uh, different, and we're very much related to what's called the uh, social and solidarity econom- economy in uh, Catalonia, which is a big movement. Yep, and and um, in in various places around Europe and around the world, um, such communities are um, getting organized using different models. Um, what are uh, what are things that you? you 
you see working and 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 things where you thought like mm, we have to be careful with that hmm. yeah so there's um interesting i'm just applying for a fellowship with the open society foundations actually to to work out the because one thing is the the physical infrastructure that you know obviously there's a lot of these spaces need to be rehabilitated and and you know you need to you know add solar panels to the <laughs> roofs and, and stuff like that um but then the the i mean the the for me the more interesting part is the kind of the conceptual infrastructure that's needed for you know people to live in a, in a in a community um uh, you know, because obviously, if you're a lot of the, I think, uh, models that we're looking at to redu- reduce consumption and, and reduce costs require, in, you know, an increased in- human interaction. Um, right. And and those human interactions, if they're not, you know, well structured and uh, harmonious, they can, you know, be either lead to uh, a, a very large incre- a decrease of effectiveness um, or to just um, uh, conflict and, and a rupturing of the group. And, so, yeah. so, can can we uh, just uh, jump in uh, here on on what is um, a successful human interaction? How do you define or how do you sort of maximize the the, the value or the potential of a human interaction? Yeah. I, well, the, the, there's I think there's many different ways. You know, that's a big thing. But uh, I, one thing I think is 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 conflict. Um, you know, what is the the role or vision of conflict w- within the project, and how is it dealt with? Um, mm. I think that that's a key issue. Uh, I think the um, and and basically, I think the idea you know is is that conflict is natural. It's a human. Thing you know, like when when we relate, we, we you know we bump into each other, and we end up hurting each other and ourselves. Um, and rather than trying to avoid that, is is actually uh, a model of of kind of you know uh, diving into that and uh, and 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 seeing it as a, as an opportunity to learn uh, and going into our vulnerability and, and going into you know a, a mode of listening uh, of compassion. Um, and using tools, um, yeah, anywhere from you know some somatic uh, approaches to uh, nonviolent communication, right. um, to conflict mediation, to restorative justice. Uh, so there is a toolbox that is yeah, um, yeah. available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely. Well, I think so. The interesting thing, I think, there's a lot of tools that are available, and the what I'm hoping to do with this uh, the, the the fellowship is actually to kind of figure out which are the most effective and to mm. kind of and to create a more like a model of, of fitting these together to right. make something. That's replicable. Also, not only just in Vidalia, but I mean also for other other groups. Because it's it's very sad that uh, intentional communities they actually have a higher startup rate, uh, a failure you know a failure rate than normal startups. Um, which I mean, normal startups I think is about ninety percent. Right. Yeah. So and, and I think intentional communities are slightly above that. So so um, it's because they are not able to create a, a model that uh, manages conflict effectively, according to you. That's one of the main reasons. There's um, I think. Conflict is, is, is an issue. Um, I think there's also things around leadership and, po- and, and power uh, mm-hmm. relationships uh, and how that, that's dealt with. Uh, I think there's a lot of, also a lot of things around, you know, like having a lot of ideals, but then not really having your feet in the ground and not really being... Um, Practitioner. Yeah, not being even skilled enough. Like it's, a, you know, like you... I mean, you know, like to set up, a, you know, to create a, a village, you need a lot of people with skills. It's not just, a, you know, enough to, to have unskilled labor. Um, so, and there's just a lot of legal and bureaucratic stuff that needs to be dealt with uh, as well. And you need, and you need to have a, a clear governance system, which, you know, it's very, I think, 
collectives, you know, this the communities uh, or intentional community uh, people that are drawn to intentional communities that they that they're tending to want like a, a kind of a, a horizontal uh, organizational structure as an ideal. And I mean that's the um, and um, that's great, but you need to have have you know again, I need to have tools to to you know to be able to work with that. Uh, and I think the consensus-based model, for example, oftentimes it can, it can, what I was saying earlier, lead to this decrease in efficiency um, and a lot of frustration. And then you get to consensus through fatigue, um, mm. which... Um, oh, that's very, very interesting. Because mm-hmm. we can see this also in different countries that are have a culture more based on consensus and how decisions are taken and how people get used uh, in those contexts. So, so really... Um, uh the you you're hoping to really advance a model um that's going to maximize let's say the the chances of of success yeah we're working with the um sociocracy sociocratic circle method and especially with uh, what's called uh, s3 so s3.0 so sociocracy 3.0 so what's in one in one word what what's that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a governance system based on uh, uh, transparency, equivalence, and f- efficiency or effectiveness.
if you like the, the music we're playing on the show, you can find uh, the full playlist on uh, Spotify. If you don't like the music, you can only wait for the next song. Um, so we were talking about, um, well, improving the way those communities uh, function. And uh, now I'd like to bridge to uh, another uh, tool that you've been working with um, when it comes to... Um, Relationships, so I'm I'm very like beginner into this, so please help me with the with the terms. But there's something called uh, contact improvisation uh, that's been around for for a while, and then you've been sort of um, building on this or developing uh, the the touch and play movement, which, as I understand, you see as a real uh, way to um, well to empower um, social groups right or how t t tell me uh, about it how it started and what we were looking for with this and and what it can do uh in a in a group of people nice um <clears throat> yeah so um for the people that don't know uh what contact improvisation is it's a postmodern dance form um which was started in the 1970s in uh in the u.s um And it's uh, from there, it's, it's kind of grown into a postmodern folk dance. Um, so it was very much an academic setting where it was created, but it's kind of uh, moved out of academics uh, largely. And, and it's become something that's a community dance form, uh, which is practiced in, uh, um, <coughs> I think, m most continents, maybe Africa, not as much, um, but definitely Europe, the US, South America, Asia. Um, and it consists of, of um, yeah, two or more bodies uh, meeting in space and uh, finding a, a physical dialogue. Um, so this this research um, it was it started as research um, uh, was very much focused on the physical aspects. Um, uh, there was a saying: if you're dancing physics, you're dancing context. Co if you're dancing physics, you're you're doing contact. If you're dancing chemistry, you're doing something else. Oh, um, just give me five seconds here. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty deep, if, right? It, yeah. I think it's. I mean, if, if basically, if you're, you know, like if you're looking at the momentum and the sharing of weight and the finding of balance in in our bodies when we're when we're dancing, that's contact improvisation. When we're, you know. Mm, in our feelings or feeling, you know, or aroused or uh, playful or meditative. Um, that's maybe not, or that wasn't the focus of the original uh, research of contact improvisation. Okay. So it was it was a way of, of, of framing it. And now, it, you know, was there sexuality and emotions going on in the people that were dancing contact contact in the seventies? Most likely, yes. Mm. Um, but it wasn't, you know, like I think if you're if you're going to a contact improvisation class, you would be taught about weight sharing and around rolling point of contact and about spirals. And not about what happens if you get an erection because you're very close to a person that you're attracted to. Right. Um, but that also happens uh, when that when that does, <laughs> or when that happened to me. I've, I, what, you know, what do you do in that case? In the, in a contact improvisation uh, class? Yeah, exactly. Just go to well, the yeah. yeah. So and and it's 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 it wasn't actually in a, in a class that I think it happened to me, but it's it's in. 
So contact improvisers, we come together uh, in jams, so in jam sessions, um, just like jazz musicians. Uh, yeah. So happy with the jazz. Um, <laughs> and, and basically in a jam session, it's just like we're gathering um, to dance, um, but there's no, no structure. Uh, there might not even be any music, or oftentimes there's no music because we don't need like a CD or an external source of music because we have the music of the other person's body that we're listening to mm. uh, and we're reacting to their movement and moving with them and that's the music. Uh, you, can, you, you can have also an external uh, right. source that makes it more complicated and, and more fun sometimes as well. Mm. Um, uh, so in, 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 in those jams, especially when you're a beginner, it's kind of a jungle because you're not really, you know, you don't really know and you see all these people that, you know, know everything it seems to you. And, yeah. um, uh, and, and then especially what, what I noticed is that people weren't talking about, you know, about all of this, the sexuality stuff or the, about the arousal or about emotions and fear and shame and, and everything that comes, you know, came up at least in me. Right. Um, so it was, it was a growing process, uh, on a much, you know, so besides learning the physical movement, the physical diet. There was a whole emotional and, uh, and, and, and relational growth inside of me. Um, and, and seeing that that wasn't being addressed within the forum uh, or the community, and, and, and also that leading to issues where there's uh, especially more uh, advanced male dancers um, uh, preying on or <laughs> seducing uh, younger females that you know, might be coming for the first time, um, and then, and, and, and I have to say, I, I also did that because when you learn contact improvisation, you learn uh, a way of, of interacting uh, physically with a person that's very intricate and intimate. Um, and it's like almost like magic. You can kind of project your, your energy onto another person. Hmm. Um, but with that come with that magical power, you you know there's a, a, a responsibility. But nobody explained that to me. Right. Um, so after you know having seduced a number of, of women, I think they were happy. I don't I don't think there was any consent <laughs> issues. But um, I, you know, I, I, looking back, I, I I don't think they came necessarily you know to be seduced. They came to learn contact improvisation. Right. Um, and looking at at the somehow. In the community, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a, a, a discussion going on around, you know, what that means. What, what's the responsibility of, of, of more advanced dancers, and what are we doing with with the patterns that we see that are, you know, about people that are um, that are coming with a sexual agenda? Because it's, I mean, contact improvisation, in my mind, it's it's more of a it's a vehicle, you know, like a strategy to meet different types of needs. So one of these needs might be, you know, an aesthetic, uh, cultural, or artistic need. But other needs are just connection, play, you know, sex, love, intimacy. And everybody, you know, at the jam, everybody shows up with these different things. Right. And at the moment there, or when I, you know, when I was doing it, like it, it didn't feel there was a space or it wasn't a recognition that all these other needs were there as well. Right. And that's what the touch and play started to. Oh, so I'm, I'm going to live it here for now. Yes. And we're going to dive into this after the next track. Um, because there's a lot to unpack. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's not, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a topic that people get fascinated with and uh, there are a lot of components and you can do uh, a lot of things. Yeah, I want to smoke with most of these niggas. I'm way doper than niggas. I make a ghost of these niggas. Nah, I want to smoke with like all of these niggas. My slime bitch, you was Nickelodeon, he got wet. I'm bi-coastal, bipolar, I buy clothes a lot. My bi bitch is my best friends, we fucking been through a lot. I'm ducking your crew, never, I'm checking your tour route. My niggas are bust, bust up until it's a morgue now. Some niggas 
niggas was court seats, now niggas is courtside. Same niggas that take your head off like they was Lee Corso. Mmm, damn, the watermelon leaking. I'm unconventional, cause I'm shy, but they're loud speaking. Yeah. And I'm from a gentrified city, ironic they cakewalk When niggas with pie flip at the bras tell me to chill Bras want me to fuck, you can call me whatever, just put that boss in front Proud black and I'm rich, and I'm strapped, pull up Don't call a hater a hater, I say it's cowardly love In and out of the clubs, and I'm out with these hoes In and out with the burger, I share the hit bars and over About to flex a katana, Mr. Hefner Badaka All my women is sexy and too articulate for you Text them, I miss them, I'm horny Fire and dive in her middle, bite on her kitten, is pouring her Body weakened and pouring leak up the sheets and she oversleep cause at me in the morning And she get that geek and I stop, see a nigga decent by now And she wanna meet up too much, I tell her I'm vegan, hold up And I want my guys in the Forbes and I want my females in love And I know my dead ones will put it down if my head is pull up OC that mean I'm crazy, OC Cali, what's up? OT that mean my game title, OT Tonk is dumb Mmm, pata pata, alarm Take summers off, I, I, I take Summers off, cause I love winter beef. Takes I, 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 I take summers off, cause I I take I take I take summers off, cause I love okay. winter beef. So um, the the beat is um, entertaining. The lyrics are. Uh, conveying values that are a bit challenging for, for society. <laughs> that's why I played it right now, because that's what we're, a little bit what we're, what we're talking about. But um, Okay, so you were unhappy, or you were, you, you were feeling uh, missing links, or missing um, uh, elements in the contact improvisation movement. You um, came up, well, or was part of the people who started the touch and play movement what's the difference how do you define like if you need to explain the touch and play um uh, spirit or, or type of activities to my mother for instance how uh, how would you yeah to a beginner let's say to someone who is uh, completely unaware of what's that about i think it's i mean so the the frame has been steadily growing <laughs> But, um, and at the moment, I'm using the, using the term the relational body. Um, so it's something around the yeah the creation of authentic relations um, through the body, and and those relations can look very different with different people at different times. Mm. Um, so it's um, at the moment. <clears throat> Um, so it, it, first it was a questioning about the, the part of the chemistry. So that, that's how then it became something the, like exploring an exploration of the edges of contact improvisation. Um, so diving into all of these um, parts that more traditionally aren't included in contact. Um, and now it seems like the contact improvisation is, is, uh, is you know, part of this research. It's, it's a fundamental part, but there's many other parts. So there's, uh, you know, parts about, you know, conscious sexuality, parts about BDSM or power play, sensation play, rope play, um, play fighting, and more meditative, uh, meditative, um, research, um, somatics, um, and also an element with nature. Um, so there's a lot of engaging with, you know, with other peoples, so tree peoples and plant peoples. And okay, yeah. So it's a very wide spectrum. Hmm. Um, and I guess the, the topic that people come to first is, you know, uh, boundaries. Hmm. And how does that, um, uh, 
yeah, how how to interact with boundaries, and because one uh, purpose I imagine is to challenge those boundaries. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's there's an invitation. I don't know if it's the the purpose. I mean, I guess I guess it's you know yeah, you know maybe it's also part of the purpose of the, the touch and play. It's, it's um, to give people more space inside of themselves. Um, and yes, there's a lot of focus on on the exploration of limits and boundaries. Um, with a you know a strong focus on consent, um, but not necessarily or but not uh, the uh, more typical consent model, the uh, affirmative or either or, or even enthusiastic consent model, which is being um, teach taught uh, uh, at uh, U- U.S. universities um, or is it the mo- most well known I think in the uh, Anglo-Saxon world. Um, I think we're, we're we're calling it, or I'm calling it, the, a, a messy consent model. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> um, and the the idea is is that um, the U.S. through its uh, um, its legal um, structures and the the fear of uh, you know being sued or liable uh, for damages or right. uh, has has you know society has created a kind of a, a public safety fascism where you cannot move through space without there being you know you're being warned uh, uh, you know, right, about right. all the things that can go wrong and and yeah. and, and especially not to put your dog in the microwave and yeah, things like that. Yeah. I think Europe is, is you know, it's, it's, it's more of a, 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 you know, it has a civic uh, law history and it's more of a, you know, a self-responsibility uh, ingrained in that. Um, but I mean, in the US especially, it, people, you know, the world is, people attempt to divide the world into white and black, uh, as in yes and no. And the 50 shades of gray that, you know, life is inherently part of, um, are kind of you know the, 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 they're kind of tried to ignore them or, or push them away. I think and uh, and especially in in human relations, I think it's uh, you know it's not always you don't always know what you want. It's like mm. you know the idea just say yes when you want something and no when you don't. That's great, but most of the time <laughs> you don't. You're looking you don't, for it. Yeah, you, yeah, you know you're trying to figure out what what is it that I want. Right. Um, so there's you know besides being able to say yes and no, there has to be a, a way to say maybe. Hmm. You know, uh, or maybe not. Um, right. So, um, and in that, there's also the the, the inherent uh, truth, I think, or acceptance that you know, even with our best intentions, and and anybody that comes into a touch and play space, we have them, ex, you know, have you know, and they make an explicit statement that, that their intention is to come um, into that space um, to leave every react every. Uh, interaction or relationship that they make um, in a better place, in a more beautiful place than it is when it started. So mm. this is what we ask of everybody. Right. Um, but so even, that's, what, that's before you step in the room. That's road. before you start. Yeah. 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 Um, but even so, we know that you know, most of the time people come into interactions in that way anyways, but still we get hurt and we hurt other people. I mean, that's just part of life. You know? I mean, life mm-hmm. is messy and we die at the end. Um, so rather than trying to avoid the messiness, it's like, well, let's create safe spaces to actually engage with the messiness uh, and, and to actually learn from the messiness and, and build both personal and communal resilience around these issues. So that's a very important point because um, one... Um, one question I thought about is that how does that differ like what in terms of the effect or 
or what we're looking for um, in that space versus in a in an eye contact uh, setting where you know for those who have ex experienced an eye contact uh, meditation you got no yeah um, it can be also very very powerful uh, here it's one step further there's the the touch uh, element what does that do um, in comparison to an eye contact you're looking in a way for the challenge and how you, your um, your mind and body is going to react to that messy piece, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, exactly. I think there's a whole. I mean, this is another thing about the consent. You know, it's like it's easy to you know to tell people just say no when you don't want something and say yes. Now it's the, you know the affirmative model: say yes when you want something. Um, but consent happens in your body, right? There's something in your body that you, you want something and you, you don't want something. Something feels good, something doesn't feel good. Um, and you have to live that, like to, to figure things out. I mean, you know, like oftentimes you won't notice where your limit is until you've kind of, you know, been to the other side and realize, oh, that wasn't good for me or, or that's not something that's helping me to grow. Right. Uh, and then the next time something happens, then you're saying, okay. But obviously, you know, it, you know if you've been to that other side, you want to be supportive, you know, you want to be held uh, by the people that, you know, brought you there and, right. and to be able to climb back and learn from that together. And that's uh, what we do as a society every time. We go too far and then yeah. we come back. But as individuals, it's, well, yeah, it can happen as well, but I see what you mean. It's, mm -hmm. it's very interesting. So, so um, I get in the room and there is this explicit um, intention um, and what happens next? Like, uh, is there a kind of, like, to make it very uh, practical, is there a kind of menu of activities of different ways you can you can go? Because, as we said, the spectrum is pretty wide. So yeah. if I'm on a retreat, a uh, touch-and-play retreat or something, how, yeah. how does it work? Well, so, I mean, yeah, there's nothing you have to do, right? So there's, there's people that might come there with an agenda that's definitely more, you know, dance-based uh, and that might be in a stable relationship, which is a closed relationship and not interested in all the, the sexual stuff. But they are looking forward to, you know, to, to, to playing and to, to having fun and to, uh, you know, connect with the community. And other people might come with more, you know, explicit interest in exploring their sexuality or, you know, games of power or of uh, intense sensations. Right. Um, so uh, I think first of all it's figuring out w you know why are you coming there what is it you're looking for and then uh, normally we you know we start with kind of you know safety and introduction um, stuff about you know how people having people live some some of the things how do they communicate a very basic green yellow red uh, you know right. intensity zero to ten um, some steps to creating you know safe in safe safer intimacy in community um, and <clears throat> and then it, you know it, it, it very much depends on on the group that's hosting it um, so there's there's groups in 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 Spain in Germany in the US and in Canada that are, are doing this you know this work um, so there'll be you know there might be a more specific focus it might be more on community it might be more on uh, on sexuality and according there'll be a whole variety of activities that are offered uh, in that context um, and then it's choosing your choosing your path you know choose going to the workshops that you want and then the evening it's more free time um, to play and explore. Cool. So from this vision and this um, idea uh, all the way to now where there are events like this going around um, all, all around the world, right? Um, pretty, quite a, 
quite a journey, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a surprise actually. Yeah. <laughs>
wow, it's a. It was a great song. I, I really like that. Um, so back to the just to wrap on the uh, wrap up on the touch and play chapter. Um, I guess one very important aspect is uh, how it's hosted and how it's sort of moderated or how how people are welcome into that space. Um, in terms of impact on on people, um, people who like. What are the reasons uh, why people come to the touch and play? Uh, some of the some some examples and and how they get out of it. Um, uh, do they come back? How is the the what does the journey look like? And what are some of the 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 things we can we can solve uh, inside us with that with that tool? Hmm. Nice. Um. Yeah, it's, I mean, it started off as, as you know, just a, you know, an, an idea, and then it became a first, uh, first event in 2010 in Germany, and then yeah, it's kind of been growing, um, and with that also the community of people that that come um, because a lot of people, um, you know, once they've been to one, they do come back for more. Mm. Um, <clears throat> why do people come? I think it's. Um, you know, the, the, I think the, the project is fulfilling different needs. Um, I think uh, a need for authenticity, a place to be, you be yourself in all your craziness, um, um, and to be, you know, feel, I think, a need for freedom, a uh, place to, uh, and a place also to, um, yeah, feel in community. Um, so, um, in, in a community of, of uh, other free and wild, uh, authentic people, and with authentic, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, uh, crazy. It just means like being um, uh, in connection with what's alive inside of you. Um, mm -hmm. So, just uh, acting and speaking according to the, to your needs. Um, and do you think? Um Society, uh, what society creates in us. I mean, um, is um, do, do you see a trend of like a growing need for connecting with what? Or are we entering a new era now where it's okay, it's socially accepted, or more and more like with comparison to what was going on in the in the nineties, for instance. Hmm. To be more yourself, or whatever. yeah, or, or to look for like uh, I I feel, but maybe I'm biased because mm. I'm I don't have enough context. Um, but like it feels like more and more people are, you know, uh, going into that kind of space, or whether it's you know the mm. burner events, mm. or you mm. know that's there's there's a, a pursuit of of something mm. that is okay to. Yeah. to have right now. Um, maybe not so much on the agenda yeah. a few years ago. I, 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 mean, I mean, I think it's, you know, great to work on yourself, you know, but it's, um, I'm very hesitant of like escapism, you know, like burner events. A lot of times it's just people, you know, people coming, escaping from their normal nine to five consumerist right. corporate jobs and, you know, doing that for a few days. And then back. And then back. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm also afraid of. You know, people getting lost in in like uh, self improvement for the self improvement. You know, like mm. if it makes no sense if you're, you know, like if you're growing. Um, you know, the, the, there's uh, um, there's a Fericla. Uh, Fericla. Fericla. I think it's, he's a, a Catalan uh, ethno psychiatrist and anthropologist. Yeah, I was listening to him the other day, and he he was saying you can see, um, you know, the the 
uh, people's enlightenment can be can be seen on the outside. You know, like it's it's by looking around what 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 they're creating around them is you know if if what they're learning or if what they're bringing is, makes sense. You know, if there's an ashram that. Um, you know where people are going, and, and everybody's you know beautiful and happy, and but you know the, everybody else around them is living in poverty, and there's nothing there. Or, or there's an ashram which has created you know twenty schools and, and five hospitals, and right. um, so that there's something somehow that our our growth um, because I do think a lot of people you know uh, get growth out of you know or, or grow uh, in the touch and play uh, events. Um, uh, I would hope that that, that that carries out into something more tangible um, for others to profit from as well. Um, yeah. I, I do realize that at the moment, and I think in the U.S. there's now a, 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 an intent to make it more diversified. But the you know from its origin, the contact improv community is a very you know upper middle class uh, or middle class uh, left leaning um, liberal kind of yeah. you know uh, group. And yeah. and now at least there's you know like where there's in, in the U.S. there's an attempt of getting people of color and, and also again a wider so getting away from heteronormativity into a more yeah yeah and uh, what we find out with 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 change in general whether it's within people within societies that often there's no shortcuts or like silver bullet and and it's it's the hard work on yourself and on you know uh there's no like um Yeah, there's no shortcut, and and uh, sometimes the events or the environments can be can feel like a shortcut to resolving uh, problems mm. or or to finding what we're looking for. Mm. But it's mm. often it often comes from a much deeper mm. work. That's mm. a little bit what you're yeah. saying. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think I mean I, I, they're definitely peak experiences. Um, and, and it's how do you integrate the peak experiences? I think it's, mm. you know, what are you doing with them and then to, to actually you change your day-to-day -day life? I think that's, because peak experiences do work. I mean, like, yeah. you know, taking, uh, you know, especially with, you know, some of the hallucinogenic drugs, you know, that you can, uh, they can have a lasting effect on you, on the rest of you, you know, on the rest of your life. Okay. Um, so I'm not, not discarding, I mean, I, I, um, I do medicine work, uh, with indigenous, uh, Uh, tribesmen uh, from Colombia. Um, yeah, you're into shamanism and, and that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah animism. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and, I, and, and I can totally see that, you know, how, uh, yeah, you see people having experiences that you know will, you know, like, you know or, or possibly, you know, uh, change their path. Uh, their life path and, and mm. that, I mean it feels like it's so it's useful but it's also yeah uh, you know it has to go accompanied with what you're saying is the hard work of day to day and that's you know what does that look like I mean is it just cognitive behavioral therapy sessions uh, I think everybody should go into therapy or you know or right. psychoanalysis or whatever or yeah. uh, or do you know work on themselves meditation uh, NVC nonviolent communication yeah. and I think you know and the practice of contact improvisation I, I, I also think it's, it's something that you know teaches us to be present it teaches us to be present with another human being which i think is you know it's amazing yeah and so it's it's very um i'm, I'm going to wrap it wrap this up into okay two three examples of projects that you've been through from i am let's say a, a status quo a starting stage to asking questions about it like why is it like this and and pursuing an idea and turning it into something very tangible Um, where does that come from in in you? Like this this change agent mindset of saying like, of, 
of believing that um, or somehow initiating uh, a roadmap that's actually leading somewhere big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the touch and play, it was, it was a surprise that it caught on. It was actually, you know, like it was something that was inside of me. It was, you know, connected to a sadness and a frustration of what was there. Um, um, I think it's, I mean... <clears throat> But you've been doing work around this. It's, it's not like you took off like this. I mean, you, you've been a, an actor of, yeah. that, of that movement, yeah, uh, yeah, build, yeah, no, building it and so on. Yeah, completely. What's, so, what's driving what, you? What, what, what drives me? Um, I like to serve. I like to serve humanity. I mean, there's, I don't know if you know the, the Betty Martins, the circle of consent. So yeah. that, that um, I very much, um, you know, I, I, um, there's a deep joy inside of me to give to others, um, to provide others with experiences, with value, um, you know, that, uh, that will give them freedom that will give them, you know, connect them to themselves. Do you know where that's where, coming from? Where that, that, I mean, I think it, <sighs> You know, maybe it's it's. Um, I'm trying to th you know look backwards into myself also. Well, when did that start, or when did that? I mean, there's a spiritual element to it. Um, there's a spirit. I mean, and, and that spiritual element was, um, you know, first it was very much kind of a Buddhist based and, and a Zen practitioner, uh, and and more recently it's become more animist or, or shamanistic. Um, which I think are very complementary. You know, the Buddhist is very much like being into yourself and then the shamanistic is like being relating to all the other peoples mm -hmm. uh, in this world and finding a, a harmony. Um, and, and, and somehow, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, it, it, it's, there's a deep sadness about what, what we've built together. No, there's a, of, of, um, so an awareness of, of what we've built together, first of all, like, yeah. and then it turns into sadness because you have this consciousness from, from the get-go hmm. yeah I mean I, I, you know it's just looking at because it's, it's easy as you know like in the you know like as a as a, a white male from you know like a, a middle class family um, in Europe and the US it's like you know you don't you don't need to do much you know it's like everything's here everything's kind of right. and then and it's easy to not then look look around but I mean if you look around I mean like I had the you know the chance to to, to live in Africa and a number of different countries uh, and work there and yeah it's a different it's a different thing um, and then now also I mean even here you know with all of our luxury and 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 ease um, you know the only way we have that luxury and ease is because we're just pillaging uh, and we're you know kind of you know from our grandchildren and, and from from the planet Uh, in a way that you know that that's yeah can't keep keep going and is having effects that are you know like way beyond us uh, mm. and likely will ripple onwards for you know decades or centuries. So how do you think this this consciousness um, this um, this uh, yeah this new level of consciousness happens in, within people? Like you you mentioned travels and and your experiences in in other countries and outside of your white male bubble that I know very well <laughs> myself. Um, I, I'm, I'm very interested in this. It's like where things start because mm -hmm. even before all that uh, journey, it seems that you were always somehow within the either activist community or you were living in a squat or all that stuff. No, you were... No, 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 I was part uh, of a frat house in, in Amsterdam. Oh, uh, 
Interesting. <laughs> Living so in one of the canal houses there with 13, guys, okay. 13 frat brothers. Uh, so no, no, there was But what no, happened? I, I wasn't, I didn't feel at home. I mean, I, I joined kind of as a re- rebellious act of saying, you know, coming from, you know, fairly liberal, left, left-leaning uh, parents. Yeah. Um, and it was more of like almost a dare, like, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go yeah. and join it. But I did it and I, and I lived there and I was, you know, and it was definitely very interesting to, you know, to find myself surrounded by, yeah, yeah by values that, you know, were very different from what I'd been used to till then. Yeah. And also, and, 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 yeah, and also then, at, you know, at a certain point saying, okay, well, that's, you know, uh, that's great, but now I'll, <laughs> I'll go another way. But I've been, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of trial and error, um, going into different, you know, different lives, trying different things, learning, um, being, a, you know, luckily, you know, not lucky enough to be able to travel a lot and being exposed to a lot of different things. Meditation, um, you know, I think there's, 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 Different. I mean, the contact improvisation. So there's a part of of, of consciousness of of presence. Um, then just you know what I was saying. I mean, I I did do my my, my share of therapy as well uh, when I was younger. My mom's a psychotherapist, so it was. Mm. Kind of, Oh, you, was, you had easy. To, the door yeah. was open. It's like my 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 mom was a choir in the, uh, conductor, so I had to go yeah. there and sing. <laughs> you had to go to therapy. So there right? you go. So. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so I think there's. I don't know if there's a kind of a you know a magic bullet to to get people to, ah. but I, th- I I do think that you know there are the tools are out there. Uh, some of them are you know more well known than others. I mean, I think contact improvisation for me it's still it's amazing. Like it's 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 a dynamic you know movement meditation with another person. Like mm. there's like you know, I don't even think tantra gets up to that. You know, it's like you you just kind of there's you create something together that's more than either you or the other person. Like there's this third thing which is the dance and both of you are just there you just sold it to me
This was a great moment, really. Like uh, we're reaching the the end of the interview. Uh, as always, could last for hours and hours, and uh, we have to wrap up. And no, I, I really enjoyed um, diving into into this. And I wanted to ask you, what's next? Uh, what's next for you? Uh, you're busy with this. Um, Uh, Vidalia uh, project. We're going to put all the links in the episode notes. Uh, so those of you who want to get into contact improv, touch and play, or buy a house, uh, come join the, the the cooperative in at Vidalia can can do so. Um, yeah, 2019. How how is that going to look? Yeah. Um, first, not to shatter your hopes, but just to say that we're not physically living at Vidalia yet. So um, Sure, I mean, it's in process. Yeah, it's in process. Um, I mean, if we get people there by the end of the year, um, that would be great, I think. Um, but yes, uh, feel free to contact us. Um, for myself, um, uh, Yeah, I mean, Vidalia is definitely taking up uh, a lot of a uh, good chunk of my my energy. I'm um, trying to uh, also um, support uh, uh, autonomous groups to take on the touch and play work, um, and um, my personal journey. Um, yeah, it's it's mostly focused around the um, the medicine work I'm doing um, with uh, people from the Kamsha and Kofan tribe. Um, so tell me a bit about, about this. Um, those yeah. <coughs> that's in Colombia, right? Those are yeah. Those are those are in in the Putumayo region of Colombia in the Amazon. So they're um, uh, yeah, they're, they're tribes that have been working with um, so in indigenous plants and especially yahe or ayahuasca. Um, right. And they uh, they travel here. Um, Uh, once or twice a year, and I organize, uh, help them to organize ceremonies, um, where which is one or two days, um, where people come and we uh, uh, take uh, take these plants, um, which you know have all these. I mean, th there's a whole renaissance in psychiatry at the moment, looking at these uh, at these plants and their and their potential benefits uh, for humanity in. in You know, uh, helping uh, from PTSD to anxiety to depression to oh, wow. not so, not only not only ayahuasca, yeah, but I mean uh, right. ibogaine and, and also the more um, um, chemical like LSD, cannabis, um, uh, MDMA. I mean, there's a whole research, a lot of research going on in, in that field. Um, but obviously, I mean, the the the, the, sh the shaman or the taitas that that uh, um, share this, that they're not coming from a scientific perspective, but they're coming from a, an Indian. <laughs> Indigenous animist perspective, um, <clears throat> and and yeah, for me it's 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 really g giving me a sense of um, belonging, connection, uh, a transcendental uh, view of life, um, and um, feeling yeah, just very appreciative of, of what it's yeah what it's giving me. Anyway, so that, right. uh, yeah, and I hope to hope to travel to Colombia. I, mean, I think it's. I was thinking about this year, but I think with the Vidalia project, I can't yeah. quite quite do it. But next year, I'm mean, gonna go for a month and, and live in the jungle and or in the, in the oh, Amazon. Man. Mm. Well, uh, we'll be we'll be following. Nice. And uh, it was so nice to have you. And thanks for hosting me today. Um, I think I I learned a lot and uh, had a great time. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming over. Yeah. All right. 
Okay, guys. Um, well, you can find the the YouTube version of the of the interview, uh, the video version of, of the interview on YouTube, and you can share with your friends if you liked it. A friend, colleagues, everything works. Every click counts. Remember to dance, uh, do more, and uh, yeah, be cosmic. Mm-hmm.